Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to our podcast, Med Family. I'm the host, Eric Acker, again with Karen. Hey, guys. She's freshly woken me up from the couch, so now I'm <laughs> in the bedroom with a Mountain Dew in front of me, and we're going to see how we can get this through and hopefully post it by tomorrow <laughs> and not... Uh, not fall asleep. Yeah, it's been a busy and interesting week. So my parents came um, and spent... They came a day early. Yeah, they came a day early. So Saturday, Sunday, and Monday here. And Saturday, we woke up to find that our outside freezer had died. Outside. When people say outside, I always think of like, we're like the super garage. redneck, but like we don't have refrigerators <laughs> out in the lawn or the anything like that. The freezer. People know what you mean. The garage, <laughs> uh, the freezer. chest freezer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't working. So that that was exciting. Yeah, um, and apparently every store in the area was out of dry ice, so that made things a little bit more complicated. Thankfully, Eric was already driving somebody to Atlanta to go to the airport, so he was able to find dry ice on the way back from Atlanta. <laughs> but then we had to cr- try and figure out. How much do we need to last us until Tuesday, today, when the part gets here to fix the freezer? And that was a little nerve-wracking because... Karen had to tap into her old Baskin-Robbins days <laughs> where she could advise people on how much dry ice they would need to keep something cold. And you never know if your advice is solid until you have to do it yourself, which it was solid. I mean, yeah. we, we made it to today. You, and... you said 30 pounds, and we got about 30 pounds of dry ice, and... We employed the blanket method, which apparently is what you got to do for dry ice. Yeah. So dry ice is colder than ice, obviously, and it evaporates with air. So the least amount of air you have in a container that holds it, the better and the longer it will last. So we got the dry ice in there. We stuck multiple blankets over the top and we just tried not to open it. We checked the temperature once a day and we made it to today still being at about what? It was. It got to like 31, I think, today. So yeah. like today was obviously the last day it was going to be able to survive. But we made it. We made it. The part <laughs> came. I, I came home from my rotations today and installed the part. It's not really. I, I I'm saying part when really it's like a capacitor that is. Uh, it's not. I don't know. Every every video online, you know, when you have a chest freezer that doesn't work, this is the fix for it. Because apparently there's a capacitor that just burns out for I don't know what reason. And then the, everyone uses this part as the fix, and they all all the videos are saying this is a temporary fix. You should buy the you should probably buy the original manufacturer's capacitor, but this will work in a pinch and get your freezer up and going. Oh, and by the way, I've had this in my freezer for three years, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it works. It continues continues to work, and they keep using the phrase like it's like using a Ferrari engine in a in a pinto and i'm just like i don't understand what that means i mean i, I kind of understand what that means but i don't know what that means in freezer terms yeah as long as it's working we don't care <laughs> like it's not it's not making the compressor work harder so i don't know yeah uh, but i uh, saturday was was interesting because we found out my parents were coming when they were supposed to be coming on sunday so it was a quick rush to try and get what we hadn't accomplished on friday done so that the house looked 
ready to go. And then in addition to that, I was trying to not open the freezer, but at the same time, try and move all of the things that were like, if, if things went bad, we didn't want, I mean, meat is so expensive right now. We didn't want the meat to go bad. So moving all the meat from the outside freezer to the inside freezer as fast as possible. Even the, even the chicken? I thought I got all the chicken. Did I not? I don't know. Karen, Karen this pregnancy has had a, an aversion to chicken, <laughs> and I don't know if she <laughs> saved the chicken or not. But we, I know we have. I don't think we've we actually decide. lost anything with this. Defrost, no, I don't think but, so. Uh, in either case, uh, Karen has had this aversion to chicken, so I, I only eat now eat chicken outside of the house, uh, <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, it used to be kind of the chicken was the main staple for most of our food, so that's been kind of a bummer. <laughs> Right, right. I've been finding new recipes, though. It, in that regard, it's, it's good. I mean, it, we've gotten a little bit out of a rut. Yeah, I mean, it, the weekend was just kind of crazy because the freezer broke. We ended up finding a, a new lawnmower because our lawnmower worked fine, quote unquote. I just have, I had to have like this hundred foot long extension cord following me around and it's, it's fine. It's a little obnoxious and, you know, for a while I'm like, oh, I can deal with it. I can deal with it. And I, and you know, I only ran over the cord once, but <laughs> it still works. Uh, I tape things back up, but you know, and otherwise, you know, it's the old red green phrase. If the, the ladies don't find you handsome, at least they can find you handy. And so uh, it, it was a good deal when we first got here and had to have a mower relatively with, soon with a trimmer for yeah. like 60 bucks. So it was a really good deal. And now I found a really good deal on Facebook Marketplace. So I went out and got it and I didn't need to buy batteries for it, which is kind of a, annoying, but I already mowed the lawn. So I have at least a few more days before I need to buy batteries. Yeah. Then I went up to Atlanta to uh, top off a friend. At the airport, we came home, got the on the on the way home, got the dry ice. Came home just in time for the in-laws to leave, so that was perfect timing. Uh, <laughs> we didn't know he was home. <laughs> I came home and went to the bathroom, and by the time I got, came out of the bathroom, the they had left. But I mean, it's okay. Then <laughs> it wasn't fine. personal. It wasn't a personal thing. Back. It was just bad timing, you know. And then, but the kind of the bummer there really was like Saturday's kind of an extra study day, and so I was kind of looking forward to having that time to study since the Friday we had surgery, and I was. I don't know. I, I got Friday was our last day of general surgery. And so we did our surgery cases and we got, went home and I studied for a little bit and went to soccer and sports. And so Saturday is usually that extra day to pick up on all the extra studying I needed to get done throughout the week. So it, it was kind of a bummer that the in-laws were coming in and not, not that it was bad that they were coming. It was just unfortunate that you know, I wasn't going to have that extra time to study. But in either case, I think it was good for the kids to spend some time with the grandparents and the grandparents enjoy spending time with the kids. Yes, yes. Although I think especially my dad forgot how loud <laughs> four kiddos very, can be. <laughs> very loud. But they did enjoy their time and the kids kids. Took them out it. to ice cream at Baskin Robbins and the kids uh, uh we kinda got looked at as like we're weirdos. Like we haven't given our kids ice cream. And they figured out why. It's basically because half of our kids apparently won't eat ice cream. Yes. What, I don't know what reason. It's just sweet. It's sugar. It's pure sugar. And one of them was like spitting out the chocolate chips. <laughs> the other one. I, don't, I yeah. made the wrong choice. I thought like you couldn't go wrong with chocolate chip ice cream or chocolate ice cream or rainbow sherbet or whatever. And my my daughter, our daughter was the only one that really ate her ice cream. Everybody else kind of tasted 
it a little bit and then it was done. So, and it's fine. If our kids don't like ice cream, oh darn, more for me. (laughs) So I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I guess, how we wrapped up general surgery. Yep. We really, I mean, we posted the last podcast on Wednesday. So we just had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with our preceptor. I think it went pretty good. I don't think either of us really finished super strong with the surgery. Like, I think both of us kind of made a, a critical error in our sutures that caused us to not be able to complete a suture at the very end, which is always a great way to end your rotation. Like, you've mastered, you, you've accomplished something. You, you can do sutures now. And then at the very last suture you do, you just can't. <laughs> you just can't do it so that was a little disappointing on uh i was a little disappointed in myself not being able to like i had done the suture and i had tied it and i'm like it looks good like it's tied it's not too tight it it looks good and in my humble opinion it looks better than the other other ones on that so you know somebody else did so i'm like perfect and then i go to go to cut it and i'm like, trying to cut it pretty close so you don't have any tail hanging out into the skin you know above the skin and in my mind, I'm like, oh, I threw like, I don't know, six knots on this thing. So like if I cut it close and I saw it, I, I cut maybe part of the knot. I was like, ah, no big deal. Like I probably like cut through like maybe one or two throws. Apparently I cut through the, almost the entire knot. And so so I, you know, did all that great work just to cut through it. So that's that's sad. That's <laughs> super sad. And then we, we did give our, our preceptor a thank you card. Um, the day before it was a little awkward because he was talking about how he didn't understand why med students gave thank you gifts to their preceptors or their preceptors clinics and why why would we we would even care because when he was in school they were just thankful to be done with their rotation and they just you know i'll never see you again kind of stuff and so he didn't really understand why you would do it but by that point me and chris had already already decided on the gifts that we were we already bought and everything it was just a matter of putting it together so we we gave it to him on Friday. He seemed to be pretty appreciative of it. It was a, a little bit, uh, he, he tended to be someone who liked Coke, uh, not Coke Zero, Bud, Budweiser Zero, which I think is like zero alcohol, which is a little weird. But he likes that for his call days, and he really likes it. He likes a lot of weird stuff. He's like a Diet Mountain Dew fan, and I can't stand Diet Mountain Dew. I can't stand diet anything, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, so we gave him that for his call days, and we gave him like we found this kind of neat little whiskey in a in an oil tin can. That was kind of something we gave him as well. And then he kept he kept kind of quoting House of God, which is a book uh, that was pretty popular in the seventies. I I am reading it. I'm trying to get through it. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of amusing. But he keeps quoting the laws of the house of God. And so I printed off kind of a the 13 or 12 or 13 laws of the house of God. And I put it, I had it printed on a, like a canvas for, it was pretty cheap. on a discount code. And annoyingly, they didn't have a frame. So they gave me the canvas and I ended up having to build my own frame and staple it on the frame, which made it look a little less than perfect so but he thought it was kind of cool that we we got in that stuff so so i think all in all i think the rotation ended pretty strong i i do have my annoyances uh i am a little i guess frustrated with that how it ended because he was pretty quick on doing his review of us so i i had a chance to look over the review and like most of it's like okay yeah 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 we we didn't do a whole lot or you know i i i got like good marks on being able to um relate and uh, talk to patients and like making patients feel like uh, I was someone that they could talk to. I got really good marks on that section, but everything else was like straight down the board. Everything else was like meets expectations, which is kind of like you, you by 
third end of third year, you kind of expect to be a little bit better than the average bear. Um, so that was a little frustrating. And then I, I think I just got a pass and was just like, ah, it's a little frustrating. Like I, I, I definitely tried on this rotation and all I can think of, like all I can think of is that I don't think my jokes landed very well. I think my eagerness to answer questions, even if I answered them incorrectly, might, might have shot myself in the foot. Whereas maybe being quiet was the key to getting the higher score in the in the rotation. So I don't know. I tend to I tend to like to connect with my preceptor in some way. I know I don't need to, but sometimes it's nice to be able to feel like they know you as a person, and you might be able to get a little bit more out of them if they do. And and I could not really connect with um, this particular preceptor, and I don't know. It's it is kind of funny because the comment he got he gave me at the end that's going to go in the dean's letter was that I was well liked by everyone on the team and was a good you know like a good team player kind of thing which is like okay that's good that's kind of what I was going for you know I'm 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 here with another student. I'm, my general goal when I have, I have a lot of goals when I do rotations with students, but when I have another fellow student, my one of the goals is, is that I don't, like, I, I want to shine. I want to look good, but like, there's no reason you have to put other people down in order to make yourself look good. And so my whole entire goal is to get as much out of the rotations I can without making my other classmates look bad. Like, I... <laughs> There's a balance there and you don't have to, you don't need to push down your classmates in order to make yourself look good. And I always tend to think that if like, if I can help my classmate out a little bit and he can help me out or she can help me out, then we're going to all together look better. And so that tends to look good. And also I try to think of it as like, you're going to go into a residency where Sure, there's some competition in general, but you're going to work as a team with a bunch of other people. And wouldn't you rather work with somebody who's a team player, who's there to, to help, you know, build everyone else up and make everyone else better rather than the person who is really only interested in themselves looking good? So that's generally my rule if I'm going into it. And in either case, I, I thought I did pretty good in this rotation. I'm a little disappointed with just a pass on the evaluation, but... I don't know. I think it's just his personality. He just didn't just didn't really mesh on that one. And I, I kind of hate saying that. I hate saying like, oh, I didn't get a great eval because my personality just wasn't what he liked. <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I can't. Maybe just not answering those like two or three questions he ever asked. Like maybe that's what kind of sunk me. And maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm trying to find a good reason to explain a poor performance, I guess. And I know it's past. It's past. Past is a you know, sufficient, but it's eating at him because his, his counterpart, he felt like they, they were fairly comparable and his counterpart got a, a, a better passing well, I, I don't score. Know. But I mean, it is what it is. He did, and he did good. Like, honestly, I, I would say like he deserved it. Like I, I also oh, kind of feel like, that. I also feel like I deserve <laughs> that score as well, but <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, I don't think he deserved what he got. He definitely worked hard. No, but Eric gets to the point where he's like nitpicking everything because you you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at all the little details. But, I mean, overall, I mean, you've got your last three weeks in orthopedics and and overall, I think you've gotten, out of all the cores, you've only gotten two passes. I think that's probably right. And so it's not something that you really need to worry that much about, I don't think, because... Your your general rule of thumb is that you do better than average. So yeah. Well, so like Karen said, we started the new rotation. So we're now in orthopedics. And it's 
quite a different animal. I was a little surprised by... I, I, I come from an orthopedic background where I worked as a surgery coordinator. And despite what some people think, that it's not just me sitting in some cubicle somewhere and I never see patients and, and I don't know surgeries, I don't talk to surgeons. Like I was very much embedded in an office where surgeons were ne- literally just in the, the office next door to me and I was right next to the clinic. I would go leave my office and talk to patients and talk to them about the surgeries. So like, and I, and when I also would talk to reps that would bring equipment in, look at x-rays with the PA. So like I was relatively involved. So I have a, a good working, I wouldn't say I'm like an expert, I'm definitely not an expert, but I have a good working knowledge of orthopedics. So I go into this rotation, um, it's my last one, last three weeks, like Karen said. So I'm looking forward to kind of finishing on a high note. And it's very different than general surgery. because, And even general surgery clinic, because right now all I've done is, right now is clinic. No, no surgery time just yet. But even general surgery, you did kind of have to rely a little bit on history and physical exam. And orthopedics, you still do need to talk about history. Of presenting illness and maybe a little bit of physical exam, but it's very, um, it, very it seems very reliant a lot of times on uh, physical exam and uh, and X-rays, imaging, any sort of imaging that you could look at. And sometimes you look at an image and it's like I'm not sure what I'm looking at here. And you go talk to the patient and they say, oh, I have pain here, and you palpate a little bit and you're like, okay, and then you go back and look at the X-ray and go, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Or, okay, I don't see anything on x-ray, so what else is in that area? Oh, there's a bursa in that area, so it's probably bursitis. Something like that. And so a lot of orthopedics is like, you have pain here, that's where the pain is. Like There is, of course, radiating pain, neuropathic pain, and so those sort of things you got to think about. But in a lot of cases, it's like, I dropped a perfume bottle on my foot and it hurts right here. Okay. <laughs> like you have you have a bruise there or a contusion of something there like so it, it's a lot of uh i don't know the guesswork isn't quite as much there and there's a lot of like injections and that's also kind of a positive to this rotation like most of the time in the past rotations i've wanted to get my hands in on it and these surgeons are more than happy to be like here let me show you a couple of times how you do an injection and then it's going to be your turn and you would think that that means they're going to sit back and watch you do it but my first injection was completely unsupervised (laughs) (laughs) the doctor hands me the tray and he goes okay you've seen a few now right you know how to do it i'm like yeah i I, I think so like okay just walk in there and just say oh i I got the equipment i'll I'll just do it do you mind if i just uh, do the injection for you and that's exactly what i did (laughs) I found my landmarks, did the iodine, wiped it off, and then and used the the numbing medication, like the little spray, numbed up the knee, stabbed her in the knee, and <laughs> pushed push the medication in, and, you, and then like pulled it out, put the bandit on, and you're out of there. Like it's pretty straightforward and pretty. You know, I, I, I've only done knee injections. I think depends on my doctor tomorrow, but I think I might be moving into bursa injections next. And then they did talk me through how to do, like, wrist injections, which I'm not really sure I'm, I'm going to do those ones. Well, and you removed staples today, too, didn't you? Yeah, I removed staples, applied steri-strips to a wound. Oh, I did tell you about that, didn't I? No. Oh, you just guessed. You said you might remove them on our call at lunch. Oh, so. oh okay. Yeah, yeah, they, they had me remove staples and uh, put some steri-strips on a patient, and... 
I don't know. It's, the patient was like really worried because he's like, oh, all these staples are in my leg. It's going to hurt really bad to take him out. And so I just spent the entire time just talking to him. And it's completely like painless. Like It's like maybe, maybe a pinch here and there, but like it's a pretty painless uh, thing. And, and I, I did enjoy just having uh, conversation. I don't generally like small talk. Small talk's not really my my favorite thing in the world, but in clinic, I can kind of tolerate just having some small talk with people I don't know. And of course, I'm a little exotic because we're from the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> so I can kind of tap into that a little bit. <laughs> he asked a, a lifetime local, so what do we need to see here? Uh, yeah, what are the top things to, to see in middle Georgia? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> 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 like what? She's like just try to stay safe. I'm just like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> but usually, if I if I mention like where we're from, like we're from Vancouver, Washington, and like, everyone kind of nods, like yeah, it's uh, Canada, right? Like nope. nope, nope, Washington, Washington. It's right right across the river from Portland. Everybody knows where and Portland then, is. And then everyone's like, so next to Seattle? <laughs> it's like no, it's. Uh, no, three it's, hours it's from like Seattle. three hours south of Seattle. <laughs> it's right on the border of Oregon, and they—I don't know—like it, 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 that that little piece of conversation you can get a solid like I don't know three minutes <laughs> out of. So, because one of the keys to doing injections is distraction. Mm-hmm. Is that like as you're about ready to stab somebody with a needle, you want them relaxed. You want them to the just be talking. Yeah, the more the more relaxed they are, the better it is. Or they can just be talking to you because you've really kind of numbed up the knee a little bit. It's still gonna hurt, but like if they're a little distracted, they're not gonna like flip out on you. Whereas if like they're watching this giant needle go into their knee, they might get a little. <laughs> like it might be a little nerve nerve wracking. So my exotic nature of being from Vancouver can usually get a little bit of mileage. I just remember when we were little and getting shots, like our nurse, well, one of our nurses that we had that was giving us shots, she's like, okay, here's my finger, blow out the candle. And then when you finally got to the end of your breath is when she stabbed you, but it made you, your whole body relax because you were, yep. Uh, okay. Yep, that was her trick. Yeah, I so. don't know. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. All right, 78, five-year-old man, <laughs> blow out the candle. <laughs> that works a lot better for kids than it does for adults. But it's the same premise. Like, you want somebody to relax and not be paying that much attention. And so, because the more tense your body is, the more it's going to hurt. Yeah. Well, the other kind of different thing that I noticed about this clinic is that where I'm from, where I used to practice, they, didn't, they had orthopedics that were general quote unquote orthopedics like but they would really just see like knees and hips and some fractures like that was essentially what some of the general orthopedics were and then we had hand specialists who would just see really just the the elbow down and then we had an upper extremity specialist who would see shoulders down you know shoulders down to the elbow and to the hand and then we had a spine specialist who would just see the spine so we, and then, of course, we had podiatrists who were, were surgical in nature. And the podiatrists could do plenty of surgery, so they did the ankle down. And it's really interesting. Like, this is a general orthopedic practice that I'm rotating at, and they, they see everything. Like, one patient will be shoulder arthritis. The next patient will be, uh, I don't know, an ankle bunion or something. Oh, not ankle bunion, but a bunion. And then the next patient's going to be a neck pain. And, like, you're just all over the map. Uh, it's... It's very interesting. It's very different than what I'm used to. Um, and I can see why that can be kind of nice because you get a 
big variety. Um, and then you don't end up being like a total joint train or um, factory, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's what essentially was pretty common in Vancouver was that our, some, a lot of our orthopedics that, you know, that all they would do is knee scopes and total knee replacements. And so they would just, we would have tons of total knee replacements and then total hip replacements. And they kept, you know, once you got to the upper extremity guys, you would have a few total shoulder replacements and you had operating days at the hospital. That's what all you did. And there was another practice on, in the area, uh, rebound orthopedics. And they would have this, basically the same sort of setup where some of the surgeons would do five total knees in a day twice a week and so and this practice like there's like four or five surgeons working at this practice and they do have surgery days like twice a week but they don't just do total joints on one day and they have seemingly a variety of, of procedures that they do so it's very it's very different i'm not saying better or worse it's just very different it's not what i'm used to so it's uh, <laughs> and then i'm one of the things i i I'm trying to figure out if I like it or I hate it. It's kind of a pod mentality, and I and I know when I before I left um, the Vancouver clinic, they were designing buildings with this kind of mentality in mind, where your doctor was paired up with your medical assistants in close, very close proximity to the exam rooms, so that they could have very minimal walking distance between patient and their computer, and patient would have minimal walking distance from the waiting room to their exam room. It was all this kind of lean process, Six Sigma sort of stuff that they were working on. Now that I've sat in a pod <laughs> with um, medical students and the doctors there, and like it's pretty crowded. You kind of bump into each other a lot, and I don't know. I'm not really sure if I love it. There's also, I'm, I don't want to sound too elitist here, but I, I like the medical assistants and the nurses. They all do great work, but sometimes like the conversation is just like, it's not ideal or very conducive for work or it's i don't know it's like sometimes it's nice to be away from some of the day-to-day drama and uh, that's like essentially what i'm trying i guess i'm trying to get at is this is something i kind of experienced at the vancouver clinic as well where the medical assistants can have maybe interpersonal relationship issues and they would kind of deal with that amongst themselves in the in the quad area where they were all working and the doctors were in their own offices and they would be focusing on working on their patients and whatever they needed to be working on and so it's rare that the doctors really got to see <laughs> some of the interpersonal drama and I, and I and I worked back in the offices with the doctors so I didn't get to see a lot of the interpersonal drama <laughs> and it was a uh, very nice um, it's not very stressful it's a uh, it's kind of a nice environment to just go in do your work it not that I have anything against you know making uh, connections with co-workers or anything like that but sometimes it's nice to not be drawn into something that you really have no business being drawn into well and there's a difference of of what you have to get done on said computer so like the medical assistant is going to add less to the note than the doctor is mm-hmm. unless you ha- unless the doctor has a scribe then the scribe is going to add it obviously but it is it might be a, a little bit nice if you're adding a whole bunch of notes after each visit or at the end of the day, it's nice to just kind of have a quiet spot to do so. I don't know. I I worked at a for-profit college that had a me- that did train people for medical assisting, and so like it is a technical college. It's a different set of people that tends to go through it, but not bad people. Just they're. This is. I mean, it's the, I just, mean, I don't know. Different. It's just different. <laughs> I I just thought that that was kind of an, it's a very different setup that I'm used to. So it takes a little bit to get used to, and obviously. When you're the med student, 
and you have no nothing to do on the computer, you tend to just kind of float in the middle of this uh, workspace, <laughs> and you know everyone's moving back and forth doing their work, uh, printing stuff, and you're constantly kind of having to move to get out of the way. Uh, you're either always in the hallway or always in the walkway or always being bumped into by somebody. So, and so, and then of course you don't have a chair, so you're just standing the entire day. And sweet, sweet relief when the doctor hands you a file and says, "Why don't you go talk to this patient in room six? And you're like, "Thank God, I can go and talk to the patient, and I can I can sit down in the chair, <laughs> which is a few minutes." That that's been kind of nice. So it was different doctors each day. So I had Doctor Phillips on day one. And he's kind of the um, the most senior. I'm gonna say that, and and you can read into what that means. Uh, <laughs> se- he's the most senior physician that they have. And then I uh, was with Doctor uh, David Wiley today, and Doctor Phillips t- tended after like a couple visits. He just said, "Okay, when you see a, a folder outside of a door, just go ahead and grab the folder and go in." And so that's what I would do. I would go in, talk to the patient, find out why they were there. Go, go back, present to the doctor, and then he would go in with me, and we would talk, you know, talk to the patient and do what we needed to do. So that's essentially what I did yesterday. Today was a little bit more shadowing, uh, seeing more injections, doing a couple injections, um, and then occasionally they would be like, hey, this would be an interesting patient. Why don't you go talk to them? <laughs> so uh, I didn't see that many patients today, but I did go in and shadow the doctor f- uh, quite a few times, and uh, and also shadowing the, the physician's assistant, which, I mean, truth be told, sometimes it's uh, the unsung heroes of the office are those PAs who are doing a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of work in the office uh, that kind of keep things going. Let me, oh, I, I don't want to gloss over this. So in internal medicine, we would see maybe like 20, maybe 30 patients a day at the high end for like internal medicine. Today, we saw 70 patients. <laughs> it's like, I, and I didn't see all 70 of them. I think it was split between the, the, the doctor and the PA, but wow. It's just oh, incredible. But it, was, it was, if you added, so at Vancouver Clinic, if you added the doctor and the PA's caseloads together per day, they would probably be pretty close. Pretty close because how it worked at the Vancouver Clinic is the doctor would initially see them, the doctor would get, do surgery, the PA would do the post op. Yeah, and the pre-op appointment too. Yeah, and the pre-op appointment. So like, and the PA would they have their typically own separate schedule. Yep, and they would typically close most surgeries. So they had a a good flow there, but basically the the PA got all the appointments that. <laughs> you, well, maybe lower lower acuity, more of just checking in, making sure that everything's good, like things that didn't require like a heavy diagnosis. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to work similar for your doctors as well. Yeah, it does seem to be looking like that so far. And and tomorrow I'll be with a different doctor, Dr. William Wiley. So there's apparently brothers that work together. So I'll be with the younger brother tomorrow. Yeah, and hopefully we can get you to surgery with him. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I, few days. I, 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 I like clinic well enough. I just would like to be in surgery a little bit more. (laughs) Do they do, is there a doctor doing surgery every day or is it like the Vancouver clinic where certain doctors had surgery like Monday and Tuesday, Monday and Wednesday? I think that they do have block schedules for their doctors. So like, I think like, 
I think tomorrow Dr. David Wiley is doing a couple of surgeries in the morning, then he's going on vacation. So I think they do have particular days where they do surgery. I just, I'm just not familiar with the schedule. I, I mean, I initially came in today and I was supposed to follow Dr. Harris and I waited in his office for like 10 minutes until like a nurse came by and she's like, Dr. Harris isn't here today. He's on vacation. <laughs> it's like, oh, so who should I follow today? I'm like, well, Dr. David Wiley's here today. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. So, I don't know. This one's a little bit more interesting because it's not, you're not, I don't, I don't know how it'll go because most of his rotations, he's followed one doctor with the exception of hospitalist. the hospitalist rotation. And yeah. even then he had two weeks with one doctor and one week with another. And so this is a little bit interesting because... One, who's going to write your, your, your review? Because the office in general is not going to like have a powwow and write the review. It's just one doctor is going to write it. And then two, this does give you an opportunity to get multiple letters of recommendation if you split your time. Which, which is what I was kind of hoping for. I was hoping to um, try to get squeeze two letters of recommendation out of this rotation. So if I'm seeing like multiple doctors, there's a good possibility I can at least... I can at least get two. Yeah. So, anyways, that's kind of been our week. Do you have any other highlights? Oh, the truck's AC went out. <laughs> the truck, yeah. Monday morning, I'm driving into the clinic. I'm like, it's blowing hot air on me. It's not It's not 90 degrees yet at 8 o'clock in the morning, but, like, blowing hot air is never fun. And so I turned it off, and then I was like, maybe it's just some weird gremlin, some electrical gremlin, and I'll just turn it back on during lunchtime when I drive to the hospital to get lunch and it was still blowing hot air and I'm like okay it's probably just the AC just went out so I took the truck home took Karen's car <laughs> <laughs> I've been driving ever since I think I found the leak I'm gonna buy a part it's just a hose a stupid hose so that's the plan is to but with any sort of AC that goes out you can't just flip out a hose and put a new one in and turn it on you gotta you gotta remove the refrigerant you gotta vacuum do a vacuum on it to make sure there's no more moisture in the lines and then you got to refill it with more refrigerant so so Eric we got some work to have do some fun yes everything just kind of happened in the same weekend <laughs> which is kind of just how it goes right like comes in threes so we had early early family visit the freezer and the truck so i like that you're we're counting done. the in-laws <laughs> as one of the three that's good i, I don't want to look for the other shoe to drop so that's good <laughs> well it was a day of misstudying because you mowed and then we had the freezer issue so yeah it's been it's not that they came came early it's not that they came it was just that our our schedule got uh, other other things that I guess has come up, I I was asked to mediate from a for another student because he was having some issue with his rotation, and that ended up working out pretty good. I ended up trying to mediate him getting a a different rotation because I think there was some sort of issue where the precept that he was initially assigned to fell through, and they were going to try to put him back with the precept that he just left, and so we I think we got it sorted out. Uh, I think the school took care of it and whatnot, uh, which is great. And then I today, because he's never worked at the hospital, um, and I know he's jumping basically a couple days late into the rotation, I told him, uh, I met him, at, met him at the hospital and kind of walked him through. He's, he's going to get his ID badge tomorrow, and he's, that's the same day he's supposed to start the rotation, and he's never been at this hospital before. So I just kind of walked him through, like, okay, this is where this is at, this is where this is at, this is the floor, this is the lounge, this is 
the passcode to get into the lounge. So I just kind of gave him a quick tour of everything. I'm like, okay, because he's going to have the same preceptor I just gotten done with. And so he's like, okay, well, this, if you finish up the surgery and he walks away and you don't know where you went, he probably went to one of these three locations. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been trying to give him some tips so that he can kind of hit the ground running. Uh, we looked over his cases for tomorrow for that uh, particular preceptor. And I was like, okay, if you're going to be late and you're only going to make this surgery, you need to know everything about this surgery. Like you need to know anatomy, contraindications, indications, and um, possible complications. And I went on to go on like, okay, but also think about if you're doing a mastectomy, this procedure was a mastectomy. If you're going to do a mastectomy, then why would you do a partial versus a complete? And if you do a partial, what do you need to have do, the patient do as well? Like cause if you do a partial mastectomy for breast cancer, you have to have the patient go to radio, uh, radiation therapy. There's no if ands, or buts. Radiation therapy and partial mas- uh, mastectomies. If you do a complete mastectomy and it's like good margins and whatnot, I don't think you have to do radiation therapy. But I was like, you got to look this stuff up because he might ask you. And if you want to hit the ground running and you want to impress him, you need to know your stuff. So especially if you're going to miss the first two surgeries for the day, you you really want to shine on this one. So I hopefully he takes my advice. Hopefully he's working on it tonight. Yeah. And we should have... Um... We're working on a special episode. Is that what yep. you're referring yep, to? Yep, that's okay. what I was going to... Yep. That will will be in lieu of next week's update, I think. Yeah. Unless there's something pressing that we have to talk about, I'll probably just put that out instead. And then what else has been going on? Oh, I so the Eros tokens went live, so we had we had to pay one hundred and sixty five dollars for ECFMG to give us a token uh, that we will sign up for the match with. So A little bit more money is being spent so that we can. Spend some more money in the future, but this is all <laughs> this is all in the, the greater scheme of get, applying to residency, getting a spot. So this is kind of an investment, essentially. I, there's no there's no residency about this. So uh, we did that today. Open today on the twenty eighth. So if you're in the same boat and you're going to do the twenty twenty three match, go get your token <laughs> if you're an IMG anyway. And then uh, we've been basically uploading documents for the away rotation in Kansas City. So that's been a process, but we're we're slowly getting through it. Yeah, it's been a busy week, and I'm still feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I haven't done something in particular. So we're we'll get through it, I guess. Anything else you wanna? No, we will talk to y'all next week. All right, you can listen to the podcast on any podcasting platform, uh, Spotify, Amazon music or apple podcast you can uh, follow us on instagram medfamilymd if you want to ask us any questions that's probably the best place to send your questions is for the instagram account that karen looks at and uh, if you ask us any questions we're happy to answer them when we get a chance um yeah like karen said we'll see you guys next week actually we'll have a special episode next week so in two weeks bye